Welcome to On Scene First with Tracy Eldridge. I am wicked excited to highlight the latest and greatest must-have tools and mental health resources for first responders. Currently, I am the Public Safety Community Engagement Manager at Rapid SOS. With 24 years in public safety, 20 of those years in the 911 center, and now still serving my community as a call firefighter and an EMT, I am truly honored to be bringing you entertaining, educational, and empowering conversations with public safety difference makers that are harnessing the power of new technology, out-of-the-box thinking, and mental health support services to save lives on both sides of the call. Hello, friends. Welcome to On Scene First. I'm your host, Tracy Eldridge. Today, my guest is Mr. 911 himself, Ricardo Martinez. Ricardo has made his way from within the trenches of the 911 Center to the private sector and just recently launched his own public safety-focused media company. Ricardo is the host of the Within the Trenches podcast that recently reached 1.3 million downloads. He is also the creator of the I Am 911 movement, and can be found at most conferences around the country, either interviewing 911 professionals or presenting his always well-attended Imagine Listening sessions. It is my pleasure to welcome the founder and CEO of Within the Trenches Media, Ricardo Martinez, aka Wreck-It Ricardo. <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> that in just a little bit. Welcome, man. How are you? Hey, hey, how's it going? Good. How does it feel to be on that side of the microphone? I mean, it's it's interesting. <laughs> Always fun. Always fun. Especially when you have to actually help the podcaster figure out how to do the podcasting thing. So maybe we'll get into that later, too. But I'm so excited to have you here. Like we have been waiting for so long for you to make this massive announcement. I'm going to tell you, you've stressed out some people. Like you thought, they thought you were falling off the face of the earth. They thought you were moving to another country. Like people were scared and they were texting me like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to share with you some of my, you know, defective detective dispatcher skills where I thought I might know what was going on. Okay. But Tell, tell me how you're feeling right now. Like before we even jump into all this, how are you feeling? It's your first Monday as I know. your own boss. I know it's, it's, uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. I spent the weekend trying to get my, my room, uh, ready. I mean, I I've been doing stuff from this room for a while now, but I put some, some foam, some sound pieces around me. Like you can't really see them, but I put them around me <laughs> so that, so that it, you know, just, makes the microphone sound, you know, better. And then, you know, behind me, I was fixing up a lot of the uh, screen printing stuff. So over the weekend, I was doing a lot of work. And then I got up six this morning, and I was already at it. So it's, it's been busy. I've been more busy today than I've been in a long time. But then again, these past few weeks leading up to the announcement, it was just crazy. People were sending me messages too, and saying, you know, what the hell are you doing? And I said, I guess you got to find out. <laughs> 
Well, I know the day that you made the announcement, I had to get on a call at 3.30 and I was stressing out. I'm like, just come on, come on with it, come on with it. And I had to disconnect for a few and then and then come back. And I, and I was so excited for you. Like this is, and it's funny because talk about like the tables turning, right? So I'm kind of starting out doing what you started doing, like how many years ago now? How long, how long ago was it when you started within the trenches? Uh, seven years for the podcast, but the, the original concept was 10 years ago this year. Wow. And I know if folks check out your information, you know, all, and I'm going to have you go kind of go through all of the places where folks can find you. I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident there's not one person in the nine one center out there that doesn't know who Ricardo Martinez <laughs> is or the within the trenches podcast or the hashtag I am nine one one movement. Um, but before we kind of get into the backstory, a lot of folks have heard a lot about, you know, the backstory and how you got here. Um, let's talk about how you came to the decision of starting the media company and what can folks expect from this media company? Like, I know you're going to be doing amazing things, but let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. You know, it, uh, I've been doing everything halfway for, for a while. Um, because, you know, in digital has always been my my nine to five, my big boy job, as you call big it. Big boy job, yeah. yes. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I was doing, um, you know, everything with them, uh, presentations and such. And But they kind of saw um, what was going on with me as well. Like there was this conflict where I wanted to do amazing work for them and I was doing amazing work for them, but I'm also busting my butt to do everything on on the side as well. And it was as everything continued to to escalate and get bigger and bigger and bigger, especially with the Dare to Be Great conference, um, they too noticed that there were a few things that I I, I just needed to go ahead and, and, and do this on my own. And, uh, you know, we just started talking about it a little bit. There were there were other offers that had been that had come up to me and I was just trying to think of the best way to do it. And I knew that if I was going to do this, I had to at least try to do it on my own first, that if I didn't, I was going to regret it. So um, it took a while, but I finally got here. Well, and, and I think that's it. awesome. Um, I think, you know, on the, the the two previous podcasts, I like to start off with a quote mm-hmm. and I love quotes and I I love trying to find the perfect and right quote for my guest. And so I'm going to, I'm going to share with you the quote that I picked for you from All Dale right. Carnegie and, and then tell me if it doesn't sum up everything that you just said. So the quote is take a chance. All life is a chance. The man who goes farthest is generally the one who is willing to do and dare. And you said, dare to be great. You said, taking a chance. Tell me that was not the best quote to pick for you today. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is perfect. That is definitely, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. That, um, the, the, everything that I've done since I've started to do it has been kind of a, a take a chance, dare to be great moment. And it's, it's just been paying off, but it's been good. It's just it's just crazy that I'm I'm now living it and this is day 1 and someone else had asked me earlier today how are things been going and I said it's been crazy busy. Like I've been answering emails like off the wall that I did not think that I was going to be getting at all. I thought it was oh I'm just going to edit a few episodes, you know, and <laughs> get a couple <laughs> things done and n- no. 
it's no. it's been different, <laughs> but it's no. been good. And and I'm sure I you know I actually spoke to someone earlier today, and I, and I'm not going to say anything yet, but I know one of the people that we know you know, very closely is going to reach out to you as well, because when folks hear what you're doing, so we know that the media company is just that. And I'll, I'll, I'll drop one of my little defective detective things that I picked up on, on one of your presentations, mm-hmm. um, or one of your sessions, whether it was open mic or some, at some point you went live and you mentioned it the other day. And I said to myself, I knew it, I saw it. Um, and that was when you had your shirt on with the new logo and it said within the trenches media on the bottom. And I'm like, I haven't heard that term yet. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't seen that. I haven't heard it. And I'm like, Hmm. I'm thinking that might have something to do with it. So when you said it, I was, I was psyched that I was, I was kind of spot on with that, (laughs) but so the, so the media company Mm -hmm. really is going to what house the podcast. We know that. Yeah. Um, your screen printing stuff. What else? Like, tell us what else they can expect to see or hear from you. Yeah. So within the trenches, media is the umbrella, right? And within that is going to be the Code 7 Podcast Network. It's under Within the Trenches Media. The Code 7 Podcast Network holds the flagship show, which is Within the Trenches, um, Open Mic Live, The Dispatcher's Roundtable. You know, imagine listening. Any of those shows are all within that network. Um, Now, there are other pieces that come with that. So when we go into the media side as well, it's, it's not all just the podcast, um, since Dare to Be Great and because of the pandemic and everything, um, yeah. a lot of uh, chapters for either, whether it's Nina or APCO or, or whichever, um, also different organizations have been reaching out for assistance. So that is kind of being added into that piece where um, it's becoming part of my job. Yeah. <laughs> and part of the the media company is actually running the conferences for them. They give me what they uh, what they're going to be doing. I run it in the background, and then you know they don't have to pay for the platform. Um, instead, they're just running it off of of mine. So we're in partnership that way together, where we're working it as a team. But then you add in the the merchandise. So um, also under that umbrella within the trenches, media is the. Um, Code 7 Dispatch Apparel. So ice cream print, all of my shirts for the Did podcast. Did you just say ice cream? What's that? No, ice cream. Like ice cream print. Ice cream no, print. Ice cream print. Okay. Yes. All right. Just making sure. You know, I used to be in the dispatch center and I'm pretty sure I heard ice cream. I mean, I might have said it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant though. So all I'm doing is eating everything in sight. So maybe I was just thinking ice cream. Okay. So I'm, you I'm right there print. with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I screen print. Um I, I, I taught myself how to screen print. So um I've got that stuff in back of me where I do all the podcast uh merchandise through that or any other design that I have. I think I have about 20 different designs on screens. Um, and so I, I've got all of that, but then there's also, you know, vinyl decals, there's other swag stickers, uh, and then Patreon, there's patrons that, uh, pay monthly for a bunch of extra stuff. So all of that, as well as some companies that have been reaching out for, whether it be marketing help, uh, graphic design or anything like that, some of them voiceovers <laughs> for some places, <laughs> um, that is all encompassed in the media company. 
That's awesome. Like, it, you know, I've known you for a long time, Ricardo. We've had lots of conversations and I know this has just truly been something that you've wanted to do for a long time. It's living your passion, living your truth. Um, I've, you know, and like I said, we're both kind of doing similar things. I'm in a place now where I've been given the opportunity by my big girl job, Rapid SOS, to start the on-scene first. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of same thing. It's like a platform. There's going to be a whole bunch of things coming from that. But being able to bring so much to so many. I know lots of folks, they love your work, right? So much so that people try to use it to self things and and make money (laughs) off of them, right? How many times have you received? I know I've sent them to you. Others have sent them to you where they see your designs, your logos on things that folks are selling. Can you just talk a little bit? Cause I think it's important, right? So your hashtag, I am 911 was, was built for a very specific reason and our listening new that may not know you. What was the original purpose for the I am 911 movement. Um, so the the original uh, reason for the I am 911 movement and all was it was about the reclassification issue. 2016 is when it it really started to pick up. Uh, both 911 organizations were trying to fight for that reclassification. There was a, um, a, an open comment time where the public could, you know, send in different information that each one of those organizations uh, organizations were looking for. Um, one of the things that both of them were looking for were stories. I didn't see a lot of traction that was going on um, with either one of them at at the time, um, at least not anywhere out of public safety. And I wanted to insert myself into that battle, <laughs> but I wanted it to be big. I wanted to do something. I wanted to strike a chord. And I wanted to bring anyone into our world and and learn more, but just with a glimpse, just with a little bit of that story. So I ended up uh, putting one of my calls on and created a meme. And it was just a, just a little glimpse, like I said. And it said, um, I heard your last breath the night you flipped your four-wheeler. Hashtag I am 901. I asked people to do the same thing so that we could raise awareness of this reclassification issue. And it exploded, but it quickly turned into peer support as well. Um, And it switched to peer support because a lot of people were sending stories and they send them in daily. We're still sharing those stories. Um, So that was the original um, reason for it. But again, quickly turned into peer support. And that's really where it, it continues to go, where, you know, People are sending in stories or they're reading other stories and realizing they're not alone. And that's what it's all about, to to know that it's okay not to be okay and to share these stories. That that's the first step to healing is by being able to uh, talk about those calls because then you can kind of manage it. But also in the Imagine Listening sessions when there are directors there and such, and I know that they're in there and some of them are friends, I will say um, those of you who are directors here, you hear these stories, you see that your people are hurting and the courage it took for them to share these stories. But where do we go from here? What are you do going something. to do to, yep. you know, continue their um, their mental health and wellness to continue it, you know, getting better? And I know a couple of times they're like, did you have to say that? I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, because I want because I, I want you to follow up on it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I always say follow up and follow through because, mm-hmm. 
these folks are struggling and and with everything that's going on now, it's just going to be even harder for them to come out from under this. We have to make sure that we're rolling this stuff forward and making sure that everybody's taking care of each other at the, you know, whenever this comes to some type of, of resolution. For sure. So the, the I am 911 movement, um, I didn't know you in 2016. I knew of the reclassification and I start seeing the I am 911 and I'm just as, you know, just as I don't want to say guilty, but I am just as guilty as putting the hashtag I am 911 at the end of a post or, you know, bad night at work, hashtag I am 911 at the end of the post. And I remember the first time we met and I want to talk about that too in just a little bit. Um, but a lot of folks use the I am 911 and, you know, not not to take away from what it's used for, but I want folks to be clear in what's right and what's not, right? So, and what I mean by that is there's a lot of folks out there that are, you know, doing little side businesses here, whether it's making tumblers or, you know, making t-shirts and things like that. But I wanted to give you this opportunity to share with folks the difference between using the logo you know, to benefit the profession and get the word out there and then using it to support themselves and make money from that. Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so when it comes to to posts, you know, things like that, that I don't care about. If you're going to use hashtag I am 9 on a post, you know, had a bad night or whatever, that is completely fine. That is fair game. I don't control that at all. You can use it however you want to use it. The only thing that... Um, that has, has come to pass was when that first blew up, there were companies that have nothing to do with public safety. Yep. They were trying to sell shirts with the hashtag on it. And people were retweeting those and saying, don't buy from these people because they're just trying to, you know, make a quick dime and all this. And I was very happy for those people who were, who were doing that by, by sharing them and saying, don't do it. You know, a couple of them I sent messages to as well. And I was like, you know, how do you how do you know about this or what is it that you're doing with it? And it would just be a like a robot response is, oh, yeah. you like the shirt? Make sure to check it out. I'm like, OK, this isn't a person. <laughs> this is a bot. But, yep. um, you know, a lot of those were like that. But then, you know, there are others who are using it to to make money off of their own. And I've been using uh, like with the decals that I sell and stuff, I have been um using the money to fund the scholarship that I put out there and, or, you know, little contests here and there, whichever. Um, I'm actually working on getting it trademarked because there are still companies out there that are trying to use it to make money off of the movement. And that right there is what I, you know, I'm trying to stop. Now, right. if, if you're a dispatch center that is using the hashtag for t-shirts that you're making for your own people, have at it. I wear a All size large, hook me up. <laughs> I shit you not. There have been times, and, and I, I love this because there have been times for dispatch centers, you know, someone from their center will send me a message saying, you think, it, is it okay to use the hashtag for uh, any shirts that we're making for dispatch? I'm like, yes, of course, go ahead, send me one. And I have, yeah. I've, I've shared a few pictures where they have sent me one and and I'm wearing them. I think I think that part is cool. You know, I think it's really cool too. And I think there's other, and I, and I, and that's really what I wanted to get out there for folks is, you know, to understand that a, if they see your stuff out there being, you know, for lack of a better term, pimped out on some site for some <laughs> random like 
feed thing that that pops up on Facebook saying, oh, look, and and they know the difference between, you know, legit I am 911 and and some random company trying to, to make money off it or, you know, a dispatcher in a center gets sick with cancer, right? Or right, something exactly. unfortunate and they want to do a fundraiser. Like, I think those are the things that folks really need to understand that you are so extremely supportive of for your, for your 911 family. So, right. um, yeah. definitely wanted yeah. to, to point that out too. So fundraisers, um, especially if this is for like a conference or something and uh, you know, that you're selling, you know, shirts like that, even that it's going to a good cause. It's going back to the dispatchers or whoever's holding that conference. I'm about that shit all day, all but, day long. but when yep. there's, when there's companies out there or others who are just trying to make you know, money off of it. That's what, that's what I don't dig. And I have gone on to the podcast page and gone live and have said the same thing. If you're doing it for your own people, if you're doing it for dispatch or a fundraiser or something like that, have at it. I wear a size large, but the other companies, please don't. (laughs) And then that kind of leads me into two things that I I definitely wanted to talk to you about. Uh, I, I remember you reaching out to some of us, you know, our little land of the misfit 911 dispatchers, you know, where all of us used to be in the center and now we're out just trying to do different things for different (laughs) centers. Um, But, you know, when you reached out to our group of folks, the speakers and the presenters for Dare to Be Great, you had this idea. And, and, you know, we have talked about it. You've talked about it in a couple of different places, but I just, I want to follow back up and I want to give you an opportunity to talk about Dare to Be Great too. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were two things that came, oh, well, there was a lot that came out of this pandemic that is great. It's good. It, they're good things. Um, and and then there's things that aren't so great. So I want to focus on those positive things because that's how I roll mm-hmm. is Dare to Be Great one. Like that popped up and I have never seen something move so fast and I was blessed to be a part of it. I know where the other speakers were as well, but just tell me a little bit about where dare to be great came from. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that came out of nowhere, really just <laughs> looking, looking at how everything was going. I mean, the last conference that, that we were at, unless you had another one after Georgia, but it was, it was no. Georgia. Yep. And just kind of watching in the news how everything was seemed to be picking up and picking up. And I was thinking, man, there's a lot that's going to get canceled. And sure enough, trainings were getting canceled. And then when the Navigator conference canceled out, I thought, oh, man, like that, that is really something. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And so just seeing everything going on, I thought, man, there has got to be a way to do this. Now, I had to go back a little bit more. So there was a conversation that I had at the Tennessee conference with uh, Joe McCarville of um, 911 Goldline Training. And what I had said to him during that time, and I think you and I even had a conversation we on did. this as well. Yep. Yep. And um, it might have been at the same place. I'm trying to think now. But um, we were saying, how awesome would it be if we could, you know, if we could put something together where it is just all of us in one place for everyone to see, and I don't know how we'd be able to do it, but it would have to be something. And I remember in in both conversations, you guys were like, well, we'd have to figure it out where we would all have the same time off 
because we're all traveling in so many places. So, And I think if I'm not mistaken, I think originally we were like thinking of just all of us getting together in one place, like yes. not the interweb, but yeah, physically yeah. getting physically. together in one place. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be, you know, a physical thing, an in-person conference or summit or something just like one or two days yep. and, and, and try to put that together. And then, uh, th- you know, that idea just stayed in the back of my head. So then when everything started going on with the pandemic, um, I thought, you know, I've been on Patreon. I've been trying to figure out how to do some of these live shows. And there's a platform there and it's all real time. Like we could do this now. We can, and it could be put together very fast. I could do all the graphics because I've got that graphic design background and stuff and just start marketing it as fast as possible and put something out there. Maybe, you know, a day or two, which it then turned into three days. <laughs> and then four, actually. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it was four, went from actually. Like two to four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I added the pre-con time as well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So um, it, it really just came out of that, of the environment, a previous conversation, and just having the opportunity, that moment, that <laughs> dare to be great moment of let's all get together. I remember sending everyone a, a big old message saying, what I was thinking, what we could do, and how fast we could put it together. And that if you're in, we're in. Let's just, let's do this. Um, and, you know, we're, we're going to do this for free. We're just going to offer it for yep. free and see if it happens. If we can, if we can do this and see how many people. I was thinking maybe 400, 500 people, yep. something like that. And I thought that would be amazing. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you mean when Ricardo broke the internet? Wreck it, <laughs> Ricardo. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there were so many folks that came together to do this. Um, and all the topics were, it, it wasn't necessarily your traditional topics. What I do know is that many of us go to the conferences and we're speaking and, you know, we're loving life. But when they get to a conference, they have to pick. They have to pick between you know, your session, Adam, Tim session, Tony Harrison session. And it's like, wow, they're all good sessions. I want to go to them all. (laughs) Like, and in this opportunity, it was everybody had their own spot and everybody was able to either watch it live or they were able to come back onto Crowdcast, which was the platform that you, you used and see all the conversations, or you even went as far as to put those on YouTube. And Mm -hmm. I still, I, you know, I'm, I'm still sharing that link, the, the link with the playlist. If you have not had the opportunity to see the dare to be great, it's what 18 sessions of free training. Yeah. Yep. Like 18 hours. Yeah. 18 hours. Yep. Right. So getting that information out there, I know that I'm going to use the on-scene first opportunity to, to get that information out there because all this platform too, is, is about education, training, mental health matters for, for sure. One, 100%. Um, and then, so we do the dare to be great and talk about the high that all of us, like the natural high that all of us were living for that entire period. And then it gets here and then it went away. <laughs> and yeah. I felt like the kid with the ice cream that just got the ice cream. We're, I'm going to have ice cream after this, just so you know. I, I, yeah, I can see when it. When it was done, <laughs> I felt like the little kid with the ice cream cone that the dad just hands it to him and he goes to take a lick and it's like, 
on the ground. Gone. Gone. And then what does Ricardo do? Um, I don't know. <laughs> what did I do? Dude, dare to be great, too, dude. <laughs> dare to be great, too. I thought you, I thought you were going to talk about how um, that, that Monday afterwards, it was because we were still sending messages in the speaker group like, all right, what do we do now? Because there was so much preparation that went into yeah. it. Like people don't know that. Um, I've got those behind the scenes videos I'm going to be putting out here pretty soon uh, in, you know, to, to promo the next one. But there was, you know, every day we were having conversations and yep. not just that, even over the weekend, we were having, uh, there were training sessions that I was putting on for the speakers so that yep. everyone could feel comfortable in in what they were doing, and even in the uh, in the green room, when we were those three main days, still preparing people, and a, a couple times we were having technical difficulties, and the speakers <laughs> like, "Oh my god, oh my god," and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm the one who's like the negotiator, you know, talking them down. I'm like, it's all right. Everyone, you had, to, you, had to, you had to pull out your dispatch <laughs> skills a couple times. Poor Halcyon thought, like, and the sad part was, is we could all see you and hear you, and you guys had no idea that she was up on the screen. And then she's like, "All right, I'm just, we're just gonna go with it." And then, you know, yeah, there was that. Then there was the time where you know, nothing. There was the delay, right? Because yeah. you couldn't. There were so many people logging in at one time or on the platform that. You broke the internet. It, it pretty much, yeah, it, it broke out and we were trying to get it and we finally got it to go. Yeah. We finally got on there. It was probably like 10 or almost 15 minutes after it was supposed to start. And we finally got in there and uh, and that was the only one that didn't record. But right. would luck have it that who that one of the people, one of the attendees out of all those thousands that were watching at that time, they recorded the session. So nice. on YouTube, you can actually watch it. It it never they were never able to get it fixed on the platform because it actually did not record. But someone was recording the session at the time, so it is on YouTube. But That's man, awesome. that was crazy. But then after that, you know, like you were saying, and I could see it in my head, the ice cream falling off because it, <laughs> it was like, all right, it's over, and now, like now what? here we are, yeah. And then but, we're all trying to like, we're just posting random stuff like, hey, I went for a walk today. And it's yeah. like, all right, we got we got to figure something else out because this was this was too much fun. So um, share with the folks what's coming up in October. Yes. So as soon as it was done, actually, the the end each day I did an after the greatness live broadcast with Leah and we did basically a recap of, of all of uh, what was going on that day. And the last day, um, people were in the comments and they were saying how great it was and all this other stuff. People were saying that they wanted to do one next week already. Oh, they want, they, so they, did. they wanted more. So, yep. so we let it go. I'd been thinking about it and thinking about it and thought, should I just wait until next spring and do another one? Or should I do a fall one? And I, I didn't want to do... I didn't want to do one in the fall at first because there were still a lot of in-person conferences going on and I didn't want, um, you know, to conflict with anyone's schedules or well, take away from anyone. A lot of the conferences had switched to the fall too, right? Yes. So, and then yep. they were all backing up on top of each other. And that right. was, 
We are the so all of us in this group, we're all folks that travel on a regular basis and speak at all these conferences. And not only did you already have the fall conferences that hadn't canceled yet, you had all these spring conferences that now moved to the fall and they're all starting to stack up. So yes. And now, now you pick the date, which ironically (laughs) had like ultimately what seven conferences land on top of it. Just about. Yeah. Because yeah. More were starting to um, to cancel out. And I thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and pick a date. And the main one that I was going uh, up against was, well, there was a bunch of them, but um, I had made contact with one of them and, and asked if they wanted me to move the dates. And, and they said, you know, thanks for, for asking. That, w- that would be awesome if you could. If not, it's fine. And I thought, I don't want to interrupt anything that you guys are doing with what I'm going to do. So I moved the dates. And uh, I ended up teasing it. Now, (laughs) if you've been paying attention to- You are the king of teasing and you drive me crazy. You (laughs) drop this bomb and then you run. And it's like the Tasmanian devil. You come in, you're like, spin stuff up and then you leave. And we're all standing there going, what the? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I have to say, I love doing it. (laughs) I know you do. Because it- it's all about the buildup. And then people are like, what is going on? What is going on? And it, you know, it, it picks that up. So it just happened to work out every time that I've done it, that there are things going on that help the tease work. So yeah. I threw out a number two. And the funny thing is that the first teaser for Dare to be Great 2, it's, uh, it's, it's just a black square with a gold number two on it. Yeah. And in the bottom right-hand corner, is my Within the Trenches media logo. The whole thing is on there. And not a lot of people picked up on it. And so I had put that out there. And some people had said, I really hope this is what I think it is. I really hope this is what I think it is. And and people kept saying it, kept saying it. And then um, I was trying to figure out how I was actually going to announce this. And I thought, man, and, and I was in a conversation with Leah as well. And we started joking around about sequels. And uh, I remember we said something about Back to the Future 2. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to try to do that. So I'm sitting outside in my driveway, in my car. It's blazing hot in that car. And I'm actually holding on to my GoPro camera close to my face. And I'm by the steering wheel and I'm acting it out. <laughs> And well, number one, you're such an 80s baby. Like you, yes. you love the 80s. So I'm, I'm sitting out there and my neighbors had just gotten home and I'm sure they could see me as I'm pretending to, you know, hit the brake really hard on my car. <laughs> and and I've got these shades on, these aviators on. And then I just went into editing and I, I started using the sound effects and some of the music. And that's how the the teaser trailer for Dare to be Great 2 came out. It was in Back to the Future 2 form, but it says Dare to be Great 2 and yeah. premiered it and everyone was like, oh yeah, here we go. That's- yeah, and then, and then the irony is there's only one other conference that is still on for that week out of like the nine that ended up being scheduled for that yes. week. So it is good and, and we'll definitely make sure that folks get all that information out there um, to begin with. So, um, and I know I was going to say this before and I should have kind of gone in order. Um, I remember when you and I first met, I had just started with rapid SOS. Mm -hmm. 
I was doing a presentation. It was probably like my second presentation. You were working within digital. You knew so much more about all this stuff than I did. <laughs> and do you remember what you said to me when you came up to me? Like, do you remember kind of the conversation where nothing specific, just like, like what made you go? All right. I, I need, I need to help this girl. Well, <laughs> if I remember correctly, we were sitting in your session Yep. And and you had mentioned something about how NG was coming to Michigan, but my coworker who was sitting next to me, she goes, we need to tell her that Michigan is different because they already had it. And yep. and we were the, the backbone of the company that was bringing everything into it. So I don't remember if I came up to you first or we went together, but at least the way I remember it, when I came up to you, I had mentioned that I, I'd been kind of following you. And, and stuff that you were doing already and, and yeah. wanted to meet you to bring you on the podcast and stuff. But I remember my coworker uh, telling you about the, the NG part of it. And you're like, oh, well, I didn't know. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> I was devastated. I'm like, the one thing that I don't want to do is like say something that isn't right. Or, and, uh, and then yes, the two of you, you, you set me straight on some things and you, you know, have been super helpful with, with, everything that I've done. Like there, there's no question about that. I, I, I wouldn't be doing a lot of the things that I'm able to do if it wasn't for you and, and what you do. I mean, you know, there is the, you know, the support that you give me on a regular basis. And, mm -hmm. and I know that, you know, that is, is totally appreciated. Um, so the dare to be great conferences on the media, your, your media company, media, I just put an R on the end of media because <laughs> that's what I do, right? I, I, I put R's on the end of things. I mean, it works. Um, <laughs> but I always bring it back to the mental health aspect, right? So we talk about the fun that we have. We talk about the, you know, the conferences, the giving folks the education and the tools and everything that they need. You talked about the nine, uh, I am nine one movement and how it went from being one thing to being another and that's peer support. Mm -hmm. So that peer support piece of it, um, I, I'd like you to talk a little bit about that. And then I want you to kind of also um, add on about the open mic stuff, because I think sure. they kind of go hand in hand, right? So let's focus for a second on the peer support piece mm -hmm. of the I am 911 movement. Of course. So as, as all of these stories started flooding in, you know, there were a lot of messages that were coming in as well from uh, dispatchers saying, you know, I, I'm so glad that we have this outlet because I've been holding these stories in for a while and, and I'm able to get them out and I feel better. I remember one person specifically saying that their hands were still shaking from typing the story out because wow. they had been holding on to that one for a while and, and, but they felt better. Uh, you know, one person who has nothing to do with public safety actually wrote in and said that they had been suicidal for a while and they just happened to stumble upon the page and read every single story that we had up there. And afterwards, you know, they said it had changed their life to the point where they didn't want to uh, commit suicide anymore because one, they didn't want their family to have to find them. Uh, and two, and, and the person put emphasis on the second part was that they didn't want the dispatcher to have to listen to all of that and keep that right. with them. And right. I thought, wow, um, at the end of that, uh, the person ends up saying to me, um, you have no idea the impact that 
that you have had on, on me or any of the others who are probably reading this. And you'll probably never know. And that has always stuck with me as well. To have, um, to have people from public safety say it, but to have someone who has nothing to do with public safety and get something out of it as well, man, that is huge. So absolutely with with all of those stories, uh, 2017, I'd had this thought, like, what if I could turn this into a session as well, but also share it as a podcast episode so that people can learn more about the profession, but also have others, um, you know, again, feel like they're not alone by hearing these stories. So the 2017 um, Indiana Nina APCO conference, I had put together Imagine Listening. And the tagline for Imagine Listening is your worst day is our every day. And what I wanted to do was to give people a chance in the room all together to share their personal I am 911 story. And if they did it out loud, whether they did it out loud or they were able to do it uh, by writing it down and giving it to me so that I could read it, um, they would earn an official I am 911 challenge coin. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go because not everyone wants to share a story. It takes a lot, right, especially right. in front of people to do it. And there was, I don't know, 140 people in that room, something like that. It was standing room only. But I had also told them it's not going to be the for the whole hour. It's only for 30 minutes that we're doing this. The last 30 minutes is going to be open mic live where we're going to tell all the funny stories in 911. We're going to start out emotionally intense, but we're going to finish feeling good. We're going to heal together. We're going to gain some sort of closure together. We're going to do this. And when when I started, um, a good friend, Rob McMullen, was was with me and he was helping me out with it. No one was sharing stories in the beginning. Like I was talking and I ended up saying, if you want to write it down, do so and I'll read it for you. Rob and I will read it for you. And man, you could hear all the paper ripping because people were writing and writing and writing and writing. And then one person stood up and said their story. Then we started reading some. And because the one person stood up, then other people did. And it just kept going and going and going. It was a hard 30 minutes. Like people were crying. People were embracing each other. But it was it was a good thing. And then after those 30 minutes, I remember saying, so who wants to laugh? And, and I do it at every one. I said, who wants to laugh now? And they're like, God, yes, please. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do that. So then we start that part and we are just the other room. We were laughing. Everyone was laughing so hard. Um, people were coming into the room that we were at. And even those who were sitting out in the area where they're doing registrations, they could hear us out there. <laughs> so um, we finished it off with the laughter and everyone left and they just felt so good about it that they were able to get that out. And I've been doing Imagine Listening since 2017. It, you know, I've sat in, whenever I have the opportunity, I sit in those sessions and, you know, from the beginning until, you know, just as of recently, I've seen it grow because I've seen folks that, you know, not a ton of people were jumping up to tell their story to the point where you almost run out of time in that 30 minutes because you know that folks want to share those stories and they're right. hard stories. And, and I think what happens is each time the, the first person that tells the story, they know the next person knows exactly what story it is. 
they want to share. And as each person goes up and I will tell you, you know, I do a lot with personalities and, and, you know, different personalities. They do not want to put themselves out there. They do not want to be up in front of people speaking, but by sharing your story verbally, it does something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always talk about different types of mental health treatment. And one of them is a therapy where you keep retelling that same story. And as you keep telling the story, it loses its emotional charge. And that's what happens with me sharing my PTSD story. I know it happens with, you know, Nathan Lee and to never say that, you know, and, and Kyle Plush's family, I will never, ever speak for them in the sense that um, it gets easier because it doesn't get easier. But what it does is, is the more you tell the story over and over and over again, the less the emotional charge and telling those stories can actually save somebody. They can help somebody and say, wow, I had a very similar call and it's been destroying me inside. And now you make that one connection at a conference. You've heard this before. I'll say it before. You will never know the magnitude of the people that you reach by what you do when you have those sessions. So now you have the open mic live at the end that is bringing utter chaos and hilariousness. <laughs> and now you bring it to what is the pandemic. You yes. bring it to Facebook live. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, there was, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on pandemic wise. And I, I was seeing how a lot of my friends on Facebook and throughout social media, uh, really were kind of dealing with this and it wasn't really good. And I thought, man, I can't imagine what they're dealing with in the center and how it is there. You know, some, some of them, um, having to be away from their children or, their spouse, if they don't have children or however, you know, they're just, they're separated. Some of them were separating from their family a little to kind of quarantine from going out and coming back in. Um, we know a little more now. I mean, it's still a little hazy, but we know a little more now. <laughs> uh, but before when it was in right in the beginning, man, uh, people were freaking out and I, I still have it saved. Like I can see it on my screen right now. And it just says late night open mic. And there was just one night on a whim after seeing everything. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go live and I'm just going to do open mic. And I'm just going to tell a bunch of funny stories and have others share their stories and hook up my other phone that I have so that if people want to call in to Your share razor? a story, they can. Yeah, my razor phone. <laughs> I don't have it anymore. That was a work phone. I had to give it back. Yeah, it's gone. That makes me sad. Yeah, you don't have to get to give me crap about it. And if they want to know what I'm talking it. about, they're going to have to go back and watch <laughs> the past episodes of That's right. Open Mic, just saying. Yeah. So I I went on there and I was telling people to, you know, not only share stories, but to share the broadcast as well. And, and we did it for just over an hour, maybe. And that was just the first time doing that. And the, you know, the the reception was just so good for it. Um, yeah. I thought I would just keep doing it and keep doing it until things kind of calmed down. But then as much as I was doing it and people were loving it so much, I thought this is like helping people as well. Like we're it taking really some is. time uh, to be together and just kind of laugh and not deal with the BS that's going on. You know, of course it's still there, but this is our time. This is our moment right now to just hang out tell stories and just kind of talk to each other. 
And, and that's really how it started out. I've been doing it ever since. It's awesome. I mean, I try to get on as much as I can. The, the, the chat feature, folks just connecting, making friends, new connections across the country. Mm-hmm. Like we're all in this together. And, you know, even though you and I are no longer in the 911 center, these folks know we are there for them 24 seven, right? Like any opportunity we can be there for them. We're going to do whatever it is that, that we can, um, to make sure that they're doing well to make sure that their mental health. I did a comedy show, a virtual comedy show with Justin McKinney. Um, if anybody wants, you know, access to that recorded link, it, a lot of it's still relevant. And a lot of it had to do with quarantine and, you know, public safety jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to bring some happiness to the, to the folks around us. Um, and then I just have one more quick topic that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, and, I know it's going to be a weird topic, but I think it's important. So over in the 911 Wonder Woman group, um, which is another amazing community um, that if you're not a part of, you're a woman in 911, you haven't joined the 911 Wonder Woman group. Uh, Ricardo's, you've been a supporter of that since the beginning as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always encouraging each other to just do better, right? To, to be better humans, to be kind, to be compassionate. The conversations that are taking place over there are amazing. There's so many heavy topics. Uh, But one of the things that I'm noticing too is many of us are branching out and jumping out of our comfort zones and doing things we wouldn't normally do. And you know, in the beginning of this on scene first thing, this, it was challenging for me, right? To kind of, I know, and I know some folks think it's silly, like, you don't want to put yourself out there, but but we don't, right? Like, like I don't, I have a lot of PTSD and low self-esteem and, and issues with, you know, how I f- see my worth, et cetera. That's another whole episode. However, in this time, there are so many of us, myself, you, um, Tony, Adam, Tim, the 911 Training Institute, 911, I can Halcyon, like all the people are, are just jumping. They're taking a leap of faith and they're jumping and they're starting new things. We speak dispatch, like they're all popping in my head. And if I forgot you, I'm sorry. Um, but I also know that a lot, like I know I was one of the ways that I was feeling was that some of these things are already being done in a different way. And I felt nervous about putting it out there where I felt like I was going to be a copycat or, oh, look, they're doing, you know, the same thing this person is doing. Can you share some insight? Because you were really instrumental in helping me um, come out of this funk of not putting myself out there, not jumping or going for something that I believe in. And you are the epitome, my friend, of grabbing it, going for it and jumping. Can you, if somebody's out there wanting to take a leap of faith, get themselves out there on social media or whatever it is, what what can you leave them with here? Well, you know, the, the big thing is really believing and what it is that you're doing, because um, there's a there's a quote that uh, that Simon Sinek has. I'm t- hopefully, I can remember this. <laughs> if not, but, we can look it up and edit it. You're really good like yeah, that. You're yeah, right. You can totally pull it out, put in the thing, and nobody will even know the difference. Exactly. Um, so he says, you know, people don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. And I think that's Ah. one of the biggest things. Um, 
that was actually from a, a TED talk that I saw that my, my wife introduced me to. And that has stuck with me ever since. So when I was working with Indigital still, um, we were trying to figure out a way to redo things in on, on my team. And I used that as, as one of those um, ways to do it was we had something up where it was like the golden rule. And it talked about how why was the main thing, not what, because again, People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So that's how I wanted to market a lot of what was going on. The why. That is a, a huge thing. It's the same thing with all of us. You know, people aren't into it just because of what it is that we're doing because we have this show or this show or this show or whatever, you know, it is that we're into. It's the reason why we're doing this. I mean, this whole episode has been a, a why we're doing what we're doing. Yep. And it's to give back. So if there's anybody that's out there who's who's uh, hesitant of putting themselves um, in front of anyone or, you know, trying to think about taking that leap of faith, just remember that it's all about the why. And that is going to take you far because, you know, passion-driven uh, work leads to much success. So do it that way. Believe in what it is that you're doing. And if you believe in it, other people are going to believe in it as well. It's just finally taking that step, whether it's scary or not, <laughs> believe me, because I was, I'm still scared, but I don't want to be that person years from now who's sitting on a porch wondering, what if, what if I would have done that? What if I would have taken that chance? I want to be that person who's sitting on the, on the, on the porch years from now, looking up at the sky saying, I did it. Yep. 100 percent mm -hmm. all right my friend we're gonna have to go and wrap it up you know i could talk to you for hours and hours and hours but i just want to say thank you having you on my podcast is kind of <laughs> a big deal i mean i know fun. i know you were supposed to be the first guest but you know thought it would be appropriate to have michael and then you had this amazing news and we couldn't we couldn't put it out there before because <laughs> we would have just been talking about all the same things that, you know, we've, we've had the opportunity to discuss. So I'm very proud of you and everything that you're doing. Thank you. Um, continue to be amazing. You are changing and saving lives. So I appreciate you. Can you let folks know where they can now find you if anything has changed and the familiar places that they might be? Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. So um, the uh, Within the Trenches podcast, that can be found on, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can um, find out more on Facebook. Um, you can just search for Within the Trenches podcast. It'll pop right up. Uh, Twitter is at 91podcast. Instagram, I think, is WTT podcast. <laughs> And then, uh, or something. yeah, and then you can find me on LinkedIn. I just added Within the Trenches Media on uh, LinkedIn as well. So a lot of what's going on and what's new is going to be going on that as well. And uh, the email address is uh, WTTPodcast at gmail.com. And then the website oh. is WithinTheTrenches.net. All right. Awesome. Thank you, my friend. Stay safe. I appreciate you and all that you do. And um, let's see how this thing rolls out. That's right. <laughs> On Scene First with Tracy Eldridge is supported by Rapid SOS. Make sure you join us next time for episode three. My guest will be my daughter, Lauren. 
At 17 years old, she has already built the confidence to rise through the ranks of her Fire and EMS Explorer post. We will discuss why, as a captain, she is already proving to be a servant leader. We will also discuss what it's like for her to grow up in a home with not one, but two first responder parents, one of which was diagnosed and treated for PTSD. Make sure you like and follow my Facebook and LinkedIn page On Scene First with Tracy Eldridge so you too can keep up with my shenanigans. Thank you, heroes, from the bottom of my blessed heart. Stay safe, stay strong, and stay here. We need you.